it is good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Thank y'all for that good song. There's mercy, freedom, and victory in the scars and stripes of our Savior. Boy, I tell you what, praise the Lord for that. It is good to be in the Lord's house this morning. We'll be in Galatians chapter number 5 this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter number 5, be looking at the thought, living in freedom. Do appreciate the quartet singing, the choir singing. Appreciate each and every one of y'all being here. Appreciate Brother Hot Rod, wherever he went. Appreciate him singing this morning. I, uh, I want to say uh, for Brother Hot Rod, though, I'm telling you what, I just appreciate him. I sent him a link to that song uh, two or three days ago, and I said, what do you think of this song? I think you'd sound good singing this. And he sings it on Sunday. I tell you, thank you, Brother Hot Rod. I appreciate that. Amen. And I tell you what, enjoy that song. God has been so, so good. I'm telling you what, we can't say enough just how good God has been to us. But it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Before I get into the message, though, I do want to take just a moment and, uh, and say that tomorrow, July 5th, is mine and Melissa's 24th anniversary. And I'll tell you what, I just praise the Lord for a good wife. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And I'm telling you what, the Lord blessed me with a wonderful wife, and I just want to take a moment and say thank you for being a good wife, being a faithful wife, being a support, and being a help. I'm telling you what, I just would not make it if it weren't for her in the background, putting everything together, reminding me of everything, and thank her for being a faithful wife for all these years. Now you say, Pastor John, why in the world would you get married on July 5th? Let me tell you guys that aren't married yet. Get married near a notable holiday and you'll never forget it. It's very easy to remember. But uh, anyway, actually, I was working at the sawmill uh, when we got married and the sawmill gave you one week of vacation, the week of July 4th that you took it then, whether you liked it or not. And so that's when we got married because that's when I was off. And so, but uh, amen, thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank the Lord for my wife. Amen. Galatians 5, uh, chapter number 1, living in freedom today as we know, is Independence Day. It's the day when we as Americans remember uh, uh, our independence, remember the day that we declared our independence, and most of the time we remember it through festivity, parades, fireworks, picnics, and barbecues. The time of year uh, that Independence Day falls lends itself uh, to being a great time to uh, doing some outdoor activities and doing some fun things together. And so uh, the July 4th holiday is always a big holiday. It's always a festive holiday. And I believe that as Americans we have every right to to celebrate our freedom. We live in a great country. I know that there's many changes have came to our country. I know that if you look back 50 years, 100 years, you can say, boy, there's so many things that have changed about our country. But I still believe with all of my heart that the United States of America is the greatest country to live in. And I thank the Lord that he allowed me to be born in the United States of America and I am blessed and I consider myself greatly blessed to be an American. There is nowhere on this globe that I would rather live than in the United States of America and although uh, many of our freedoms have changed or some have been taken away, I still believe that we enjoy more freedom and more religious freedom still to this day than any other country in the world and for that I give God the glory. I'm telling you what, I think it is 
is right that we celebrate our freedom. And I think it is right that we celebrate July the 4th because as we read there when we were starting the service and we were reading the things that some of our founding fathers had said, this nation was founded by Christians on Christian principles for the purpose of glorifying God. And so when we celebrate July 4th, we are celebrating the fact that a nation was established for the purpose of honoring and glorifying God. And so we celebrate July the 4th recognizing that this country was founded by men and women who were not only seeking freedom, but who were seeking religious freedom. They were seeking an opportunity to worship God. The freedom they sought as a nation was to be an expansion of the freedom that they experienced as Christians. And so this morning, I want to take a few minutes and look at this thought, living in freedom, living in freedom. Galatians 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke, of bondage. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, it is a blessing to be in your house. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that uh, uh, some 245 years ago, Lord, that there were some people that said uh, we want a nation uh, that is established uh, on the principle of glorifying and honoring you. And I thank you, dear Lord, that I have been allowed uh, to live in this country, Lord, where we have the freedom to worship you, where we have the freedom to speak about you, where we have the freedom to proclaim your word. And Father, I thank you that you allowed us to live uh, in this great country. Father, I pray that you will help us. Uh, uh, Lord, as uh, uh, generation after generation, Lord, has passed down uh, the heritage of this nation. And now, Lord, uh, it has been handed to us. It has been handed to our generation. I pray, dear Father, that you will help us uh, as Christian Americans, Lord, to be people uh, that will continue uh, to do our best to keep this country uh, as a country that glorifies you. That, Father, we will do our part uh, as Christians to proclaim the truth uh, of the Word of God, that we will do our part to stand firm uh, on the Word of God, that we will do our part uh, to tell the world uh, that there is hope uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that you will help us, O oh Lord, as we live uh, in this liberty, that Lord will not abuse our liberty, will not misuse our liberty, uh, but Father Lord, that we will use our freedom for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Father, for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the fellowship. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the people, oh Lord, that work and practice. And Lord, uh, sing to the glory of God. Father, what a blessing it is. Thank you for your goodness. Bless us now throughout this message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in this verse, I see three things uh, regarding our freedom, both as a nation and as a Christian. I see, first of all, here in verse number one, that we do have freedom. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. We do have freedom. Both as Christians and as Americans, we experience freedom. We experience liberty. Not only that, but we see in this verse that our freedom is both from and through the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We need not misunderstand the freedom that we have as a Christian is because of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ and the freedom that we enjoy 
joy as Americans is the result of our Heavenly Father blessing a group of people who wanted to establish a nation for the purpose of glorifying Him. The freedom that we enjoy both as Christians and as Americans is through and from the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we also see in this verse that we can lose our freedom. He said, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I want to take a few minutes and look at these thoughts, and we'll reword them a little bit, but look at these thoughts regarding living in freedom. The first thing I want to point out is that we do have freedom. Both as a nation and as Christians, we enjoy a life of freedom. And in both cases, the freedom that we enjoy is a state of being liberated from a source of bondage. In other words, we could say that freedom is deliverance. Freedom is deliverance. Freedom is the opposite of bondage. Freedom is a state of being released from a restraint. Some have fought for their freedom. Some have bought their freedom. Some have been given their freedom. But everyone that has been a recipient of freedom is now living free of a bondage. Freedom exists because there was or is a bondage that is opposite of that freedom. Uh, all who live in freedom enjoy deliverance from that bondage. In the case of our nation, the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776 uh, signified our freedom uh, from the governing authority of Great Britain. Whenever I consider my salvation, I understand that I have been delivered and made free from the law and from the bondage and power and penalty of sin. I have been made free. I have been delivered. In John 8, verse number 36, Brother Danny was looking at this verse this morning in Sunday school. Let me just throw in right here. If you don't attend Sunday school, you are missing out. All right, back to the message. John 8, verse number 36, the Bible says, If the Son hath made you free, ye shall be free indeed. In Christ we enjoy deliverance from the chains of sin. In Christ we are no longer enslaved by the lust of the flesh. In Christ we can experience deliverance from the power of sin. You know what? There are many people who are propagating a gospel that says you don't have to change in order to be a Christian. You can continue to live any way you want to and be a Christian and they're trying to make it seem like, you know, you can come be saved and you don't have to do anything and there is some truth to that. You don't have to do anything. Christ does a cleansing work on the inside of you and Christ does a sanctifying work and Christ is the one that changes you. But those that propagate this gospel, they take and say without meaning to or maybe they do mean to, they say that the salvation that is in the Lord Jesus Christ does not have the power to deliver you. Let me tell you, you are preaching a salvation that is worthless when you tell people that salvation will not, does not have to change who they are. The salvation that I believed in, the salvation that came into my heart was a salvation that changed who I was. It was a salvation that set me free. It was a salvation that delivered me. I truly believe with all of my heart that 
if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ can give you deliverance from your addictions. The Lord Jesus Christ can give you the ability to forgive. The Lord Jesus Christ can give you the ability to let go of the bitterness. He can deliver you from the depression. He can deliver you from the things that weigh down your mind. He is able to deliver you. We need to quit preaching a salvation that doesn't make a change in the life of people. Whenever we let Jesus Christ into our heart, He is a big God and He's not going to move in on the inside of you and there not be an obvious difference take place in your life. I understand that the work of sanctification is something that continues throughout our life. And as long as we live, that work of sanctification will continue on the inside of us and God will continue to clean us up. Uh, he will continue to work in our life. He will continue to make us more like Him. But I want to say that whenever you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, He will begin a good work in you and He will perform it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. W.A. Ogden was a songwriter in 1887. He wrote this hymn. Most of you will recognize it. He said, "'Tis the grandest theme through the ages rung. "'Tis the grandest theme for a mortal tongue. "'Tis the grandest theme that the world e'er sung. "'Our God is able to deliver thee.'" He said, "'Tis the grandest theme. "'Let the tidings roll to the guilty heart, "'to the sinful soul. "'Look to God in faith.'" He will make thee whole. Our God is able to deliver thee. Then in the chorus he said, He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Though by sin oppressed, go to Him for rest. Our God is able to deliver thee. We need to get back to preaching to this world that there is a God that can deliver them from the power of sin. There are so many people who don't want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ because they're afraid if they accept Him, they have to give up their sin. And they feel like their sin is what is bringing them happiness. Their sin is what is bringing them satisfaction. Their sin is what is bringing them completion. Maybe they like their alcohol. Maybe they like the sinful relationship that they're living in. Maybe they have uh, something uh, that they enjoy pursuing and they know it goes against the Word of God. And they say, I don't want to turn to God because if I turn to God, I know that God doesn't approve of these things and they feel like they will be losing out if they have to turn loose of these sinful things we need to quit telling them well you don't have to give it up and instead we need to start telling them God is so much greater than anything you're getting out of that sinful lifestyle God can give far more peace He can give far more satisfaction He can give far more hope He can give you a life that you will enjoy if you will simply turn to Him we're not asking you to give things up we're asking you you to make an improvement. We're asking you to get rid of the sorrow and let it be replaced with a song. We're asking you to turn loose of the burden and let God give you a blessing. We're asking you to let God make a difference in your life. He is able to deliver thee. Freedom is deliverance and that freedom can be found through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is freedom deliverance but because freedom is deliverance from bondage, we know that freedom is refreshing. There is just something that feels good about freedom. Freedom brings with it a newfound hunger. Bondage is oppressive. Restraint is confining. But freedom 
brings with it a quest to explore, a desire to discover. Freedom inspires the heart. Freedom motivates the mind. Freedom liberates the soul. There is something about freedom that is refreshing. You see a sinner on the altar and he is burdened with his sin and he gives his heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus comes and he takes that burden of sin off of him and when he stands up having given his life to Christ there is a feeling on the inside of him that he can't explain to you unless you've experienced it but the burden has rolled away and there is a new look at life that he's not ever experienced before because freedom is refreshing. Let me put it more down on your level maybe so we can grasp what this is looking like. Whenever a prisoner is released from prison, that freedom is refreshing. There is something about I am no longer behind those bars. I am no longer in a cage. I am able to go and do like I did before. Whenever you have an old hound and he's been out back on a chain and you go take the chain off of that old hound's collar, there is something that takes place in that old hound. Maybe if you don't have hounds, you don't understand this. But you can walk up to an old hound on a chain and they look like this. They're depressed. They're defeated. They have no hope in life. They're the saddest looking thing you ever saw. And you unhook that chain and I'm telling you what, there is a bolt of energy runs through that dog like a bolt of lightning and he does 1,200 laps around the house. He goes and visits all the neighbors, drinks a gallon of water and is back at your feet in three minutes. I'm telling you what, them dogs, they have got some energy like you ain't never seen before. There is a grasp on life that the bondage kept them from even being able to think about. But once they received their freedom, it changed their life completely. Maybe you'll go fishing. Maybe you went fishing yesterday. Maybe you go fishing tomorrow celebrating the 4th. You reel that little old bluegill up. Now, if you're Brother Terry, he might catch something a little bigger. But you reel that little old bluegill up. And you're holding that fish in your hand. It's just laying there. Sometimes they flop around. Sometimes they're just laying there. You take the hook out of his mouth and you put him back in the water. And you watch how fast that fish gets out of there. I'll tell you what. There is something about freedom that is refreshing. There is something about freedom that lets you feel like you have been set free. There is something that just comes over you. As long as the colonies of the United States were under the rule of Britain, their vision of the future was impaired. Their dreams seemed unattainable. The Britain was in the way. Their growth, development, established as an establishment as a nation seemed out of reach. When they signed the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th and they said, we will be a nation. That event invokes such a feeling of freedom and rejoicing in the heart of the people that 245 years later we are still celebrating it like it just happened. There is something about freedom that is refreshing. But in the same way that the declaration of our independence thrilled our soul, when the weight of sin is lifted, there is a refreshment like none other. There is a refreshment that fills your heart like nothing you've ever experienced before. David expressed the feeling very well in Psalm 40, verse 1 and through 3. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, 
out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. David said, I waited on the Lord and the Lord delivered me. He said, in the difference that has taken place in my life, he said, many people will see it, they will notice it, and they will put their trust in the Lord because of what has taken place in my life. You know what, if you are bound by sin, let me tell you that Jesus can deliver you and that deliverance will be refreshing. There's no reason to continue living in a life of bondage when Jesus is waiting and ready to deliver you. But in addition to freedom being deliverance and freedom being refreshing, I want to remind you this morning that freedom comes with great responsibility. Freedom comes with great responsibility. Although we love our freedom, Many people misunderstand what freedom is. Many people think that freedom is a license to do as they please. But freedom is not a license to do as you please. Freedom is a deliverance from bondage. Freedom is not a license for you to do whatever you want to do. Many young people learn this and it really sets them back. Young people grow up, they become young teenagers and they can't wait until they're old enough to leave the house and nobody tells them what to do. And they can do whatever they want to do. And they just cannot wait until they're old enough to go do whatever they want to do. And then when they get grown, they realize that it's not that they can do whatever they want, but that they don't have anybody to tell them what they should and should not do. So we see that freedom is not a license to do whatever you want to do, but freedom is something that is given to you that gives you the choice, gives you the controls, gives you the right to determine what you will and will not do. Many times kids will say, hey, when am I going to be allowed to do this? When am I going to be allowed to have this? When will I be allowed to, to, to do this and this in my life? And they have all different things that they want to do. And I always tell them you'll be allowed to do that when you prove to me that you do not need me to make sure you do it correctly. You see, I give them freedom to take control of their own choices and I trust that they will make the right choices. I'm no longer there controlling them. But many people think that freedom is a license to do whatever we want to do. But truly, freedom is the right to govern yourself. The dog that you let run free is the one that never leaves the yard. If he leaves the yard, you either got to keep him in a pen or in a house or on a chain because he don't know how to govern himself. But those dogs that govern themselves, they never have to be pinned up because they govern themselves. Michaela's got Oliver. Some of y'all have seen Oliver back when I was doing live streams. Oliver would show up once in a while. He's half tree and walker and half we don't have a clue. Um, Oliver really doesn't like cats. He just, cats and him are not, they don't go together. Well, we live in a double wide and it's got underpinning over it, vinyl underpinning, and it's been on there for 20-some years, so it's not real sturdy anymore. And Oliver hates being on a chain. Oliver wants to run free. But as soon as you turn Oliver free, 
Oliver will go find a cat, chase it under the house, it'll get up in the, up in the plumbing, and Oliver will be under the house barking his head off, and somebody has to crawl under the house, get Oliver by the collar, and drag him back out. I got smart though, Corey. Now, some of y'all might call animal control on me. Please don't. I got tired of crawling up underneath the house and getting a hold of Oliver, so I went and got myself an airsoft gun. And when Oliver went underneath the house after the cat, I crawled up under where I could see him, and I just started pounding him, pow, 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 until he left out from underneath the house. I, Oliver don't go under the house anymore. I mean, he just, he learned. Going under the house results in bad things. We don't go underneath the house anymore. And because of that, Oliver gets off his chain more than he used to. Because freedom is given to those that can govern themselves. Freedom's not a wild card that lets you run out of control. Freedom is the, accepting the responsibility to take care of yourself. Freedoms are taken away when we demonstrate an inability to use our freedom responsibly. For example, there were no speed limits until people began endangering the lives of others with the way that they drove. In our nation, we've seen many freedoms taken away. And I know that there's a lot of agenda behind what's happening to our freedoms, and I'm not trying to get into that at all this morning. But one motivator behind the freedoms that are being taken away is people who misuse and abuse those freedoms. In the Word of God, I find that we are given some freedoms, and it's up to us to use those freedoms responsibly. First of all, man has been given the freedom to decide if he will accept Christ or if he will reject him. God has given to man a free will, the ability to make his own choice. It is 100% completely up to you to determine whether you will follow God or whether you will reject God and pursue your own wishes and desires. It is 100% up to you. There are some who say God is too loving to throw anyone into hell. And you know what? You are exactly right. And he told us that in his word. He said in, in 1 Peter 3 verse number 9, he said that he is not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want to throw anyone in hell. It is not his desire to throw anyone in hell. It breaks his heart when someone does spend eternity in hell. But it's not up to him as to who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. He has given that freedom to you. And you have the freedom to choose if you will follow God or if you will follow yourself. It goes against the heart of God to put anyone in eternal punishment, but He has given you the freedom. Will you live a life of sin or will you give your heart to God? It is a freedom that you have been given, but it is up to you to use it responsibly. God has already promised to forgive your sin. He has already guaranteed that if you put your trust in Him, you will have an eternal home. He has already promised you that He will wash your sin away, that He will make you as white as snow. He has already promised all that. It's up to you to decide, and you have that freedom. And sadly, many people choose to turn their backs against God rather then follow God. Another area where we have been given freedom is in the life of the Christian. At salvation, we are made free. At salvation, we are delivered from the bondage of sin, the power of sin, and the penalty of sin. But at, at salvation, we are also delivered from the law. You see, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, 
the law was a list of rituals. The law was a list of things that the people had to do. They had to make regular sacrifices. Uh, they had to bring the spotless lamb. Uh, they had to come before the priest. Uh, they had to make atonement for their sin. They had to do this over and over and over and over again. But when Christ came and Christ hung on the cross and He was crucified and He shed His blood and He made atonement once uh, for the sins of all people, uh, no longer uh, do we have to keep the law. We have been made free from the law. However, uh, we know even in the days of Christ, even in the days of the early church, uh, and definitely in our day, there are those who still preach uh, that there are certain things you must do uh, in order to obtain your salvation. They feel that there are certain works you must do, there are certain laws you must keep, uh, there are certain things uh, that you have to do in order to go to heaven, when according to the Word of God, that's not true at all. When Christ saved us, He made us free from the law. I do not have to worry one moment. I do not have to worry one moment as to whether or not what I am currently doing will let me into heaven or not. Because I am going to heaven based solely on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been made free from the law. But... We have the other side of the coin. And I think this is why so many preachers still try to preach some types of works for salvation is because they're trying to keep their people from going to the other ditch. The other ditch is, well, since I'm free from the law, I can live however I want to. I can do whatever I please. I can act in any way I want because there's nothing I can do that's going to keep me from going to heaven. So I can live any way that I want to. I can do anything I want to. There's not anything that I'm not allowed to do. I can behave any way I want. I am free from the law. And you're right. You are free from the law. You have been delivered from the law and there is nothing you can do that will make you more or less saved. Your salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Apostle Paul told us in Galatians 5 and verse number 13, he said, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Paul said, brethren, you're right. You have been called unto liberty. You have been given freedom from the bondage of sin. You have been given freedom from the law. You have eternal salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but brethren, don't use that liberty as an occasion to sin. He said, but rather in love, serve one another. See, freedom comes with great responsibility. As Christians, we're free from the law. But we have the responsibility to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 2 and verse number 16, Peter speaks of this as well. Peter says, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Romans 6, verses 1 and 2, Paul's talking again. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse number 6, he said, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Yes, we have freedom in Christ, but with that freedom 
comes the responsibility to live for the glory of God. A responsibility to use that freedom to pursue the glory of God. As we come to the end of this message, I want to point out that although freedom may vary across the globe in different countries, some have great freedom, some have nearly no freedom in regard to religious matters, but all of mankind has been given the freedom to choose whether or not they will follow God. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what your government says. Every man has been given the freedom to choose whether or not they will follow God. No one has to live a life of sin. No one has to be bound by chains of addiction. No one has to live in depression and defeat. Everyone can find hope in the Savior. There is deliverance uh, through faith in Him. uh, And every person uh, has been given by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ the freedom uh, to walk away from a life uh, of sin and bondage and defeat. Romans 3.20, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. In John 8.36, we read it just a moment ago, If the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. This morning, Jesus is standing at the door. Jesus has the key to your freedom. All you must do is trust him. This morning... As we head towards the invitation, there's two questions to ask. The first one is, sinner, will you find deliverance in Christ? It's up to you. He has given you the freedom. He does not want to see you spend eternity in hell. He has given you the liberty and the freedom. Will you use your freedom responsibly and choose to follow Christ? Christian, perhaps you've misused your freedom. Christian, perhaps you've returned to the old life. Christian, perhaps you begin dabbling in sin and lifestyles that you know you shouldn't have anything to do with. Let me remind you, Christian, your freedom comes with responsibility. These choices will not cost you your salvation. But let me tell you, they will cost you your fellowship with your heavenly Father. Your prayers will be hindered. Your testimony will be ruined. You will face the judgment of God upon your life and the blessings of heaven will be withheld if you choose to use your freedom irresponsibly. Use your freedom for the glory of God. Here in the United States, we are recipients of great freedoms. We have freedom in Christ and we have freedom in our country. But the question is, are you being responsible with your freedom? I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are. Miss Debbie's going to come to the piano. This morning, freedom is deliverance. And if you've accepted Christ, you've been delivered. Freedom is refreshing. And if you've never accepted Christ, you need to accept Christ because you will feel a burden lifted away like you've never experienced before. But freedom comes with great responsibility. Sinner, are you making the choice to follow God? And Christian, are you making the choice to live your life for the glory and honor of God? As Miss Debbie plays, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.